I'm Joe McMurray. I'm a professional musician. I love performing and teaching. I love learning music from books. As you can see, I have a large collection of books in my library. I love learning from in-person lessons. I also love videos. I know that everybody's mind works differently the way they learn. I happen to learn very well from books, so I have acquired this large collection of them. There are many music books out there. They can be hit or miss. Not all books are created equal. I'm here to give you my honest opinion on which books may be best for you. Some books are better for beginner players, some are better for intermediate or advanced players. So if you haven't already, please check out my book. You can see it here. It's called Arranging for Fingerstyle Guitar. It's available at the link above or in the show notes. And also, if you haven't heard my music, I released my second fingerstyle guitar album in June of 2022. It's called Riding the Wave. You can see it here. It's available on all streaming services, on YouTube. I hope you'll check it out. So today, I'm going to be reviewing Fingerstyle Guitar by Chad Johnson, published by Hal Leonard. This was published in 2009. So Hal Leonard is a major, major publisher. I'm sure you've seen lots of Hal Leonard books. They are the elephant in the room. They're benefits to a big publisher. They have the rights, the licenses to publish popular music. You're not playing just old public domain songs when you play from a Hal Leonard book. They have tunes from the Beatles and James Taylor and Fleetwood Mac in this book. There's some big benefits to going with Hal Leonard. You're also just likely to see this book because it's Hal Leonard and they have the money to get it into the big bookstores and to optimize it for Google's algorithms or Amazon's algorithms. So regardless, this is a fingerstyle guitar method. It talks about fingerstyle guitar from the very beginnings through more advanced techniques. This book is not the first book that I would recommend to anybody if they're just getting into guitar and they aspire to be a fingerstyle player. If you have experience playing open chords and just some general experience on the guitar, you will definitely get some things out of this book. Also, if you are an intermediate player or an advanced player, there's definitely stuff in here for you as well. The book has some easy stuff, some very difficult stuff, and everything in between. It's actually one of my beefs with the book. It'll go from exercises that are fairly simple to exercises that are much more difficult and back and forth kind of throughout the book. The book throws a lot of information at you. Some is presented better than others. Sometimes it just tells you about a technique and throws four or five examples at you without a whole lot of explanation. It will definitely spur some creativity if you're going through it. But if you are a beginner, sometimes it can be hard to go through and just jump between totally different examples that feel fairly disconnected. On the positive side, there are some great tunes in this book. Like I mentioned, there are some songs from the Beatles, from James Taylor, from Bob Dylan, Fleetwood Mac. It has some great arrangements. So if you look on the back of the book, it has a list of the songs in the book. You could really buy this book just for the repertoire. Now, if you are in the market to get a fingerstyle guitar method and for whatever reason you only want to get one right now, this isn't the first book that I would get. I would probably recommend Alfred's Beginning Fingerstyle Guitar Method or their Beginning Fingerstyle Arranging and Technique for Guitar. And maybe if you're into Travis picking, I would pick up the Chad Atkins Method. I think those books are better for beginners. I like the layout better. That being said, this book has some redeeming qualities. I love chapter four of this book. They discuss arranging for fingerstyle guitar. They take Silent Night from a bare melody all the way to several complete arrangements, and they do a good job of explaining it step by step. 
This book is also good if you are a singer and you want to learn how to finger pick to accompany your vocals or potentially another person singing or another instrument that plays the melody. Alright, now that I've given you my general opinions, I'm going to go through the book and go through it chapter by chapter and show you some exercises, play through some of them so that you can see what you might get to learn in this book. So, starting at the beginning, they have some information about choosing an acoustic guitar. Chapter one is on the basics. They have some good exercises, some picking patterns. Some are easy, some are a little harder. I like to use these as warm-ups, get my fingers going, so this is a great place to start. So, they have some easy things. Reversed. Got some different chord progressions. Then they get into the block chord style. They have some cool examples like... Kind of like that one. This one's kind of cool. Chapter 2 discusses accompaniment styles. As I mentioned in the introduction, if you are a singer and you want to finger pick to accompany your vocals uh, or somebody else's vocals or another instrument that plays the melody, uh, this chapter is useful. It talks about Travis picking and arpeggiation and block chords and even some thumb slaps or just percussion slapping the strings. So as opposed to creating a full solo finger style guitar arrangement, these patterns are for accompanying the vocals, so they basically just outline the chords. So over a C major chord, here's your basic Travis picking alternate bass pattern. You can change the accents. They have a nice section on transitioning smoothly between chords and looking for common tones. You know, when you're switching from like a C major to an A minor, you can actually keep these two fingers pressed down. I feel like this is good information if you are a beginner and trying to make your playing sound smooth and connected. Let's see, they have some... Then they just throw a bunch of Travis picking examples at you. Some are nice. They're, they're all kind of disconnected, but here's one that I like. See, then they have some Travis picking examples from actual songs. They have Dust in the Wind. It continues, but um, they have Take Me Home Country Roads from John Denver. Um, then we get into arpeggiation. Uh, so again, we're just playing the notes of the chord one at a time different arpeggio patterns. Some of these are easier, like the beginning ones. Then some of them have difficult chord transitions, which I wish they had maybe graduated the book, maybe had a beginner section, and maybe later in the book have a more difficult section, or even within the same chapter, just kind of split them up. But nonetheless, they have some nice examples. Then they have some examples from actual songs, so here's one from Carol King, You've Got a Friend.
one. Um, then they get to thumb slaps, you know, on the two and four. Uh, like. I like that one. Here's another one, more than words. Before. Chapter 3 discusses right hand independence. This is really important for playing fingerstyle guitar to be able to play some sort of bass line with your thumb and to be able to play melody and inner harmony with your fingers. So, most of this chapter is about keeping a steady bass. Maybe quarter notes. It's on page 28. Let's jump over to. The next page, there's some tough polyrhythms here. This this one on page 30. 3E e and a 4E e and a. Um, some of those aren't very beginner friendly. I do like they talk about playing a melody on top over a steady bass, like a drone in the bass. So here's one over a D major chord. You're playing the your open fourth string, the D there in the bass. Okay, so chapter four gets into arranging for solo guitar, part one. This is definitely my favorite chapter of the book. I think this is very useful to someone who's looking to get into fingerstyle guitar. They take the melody of Silent Night. And it keeps going, but they take that, then they add, uh, they give you the chords for it, and you play the root of each chord in the bass um, as a dotted half note. And then they have you play the bass in quarter notes. Then they add some finishing touches. They talk about melodic and harmonic adjustments, so changing the melodic rhythm from, say, you could simplify the rhythm to make it easier to play fingerstyle. Then they discuss reharmonization very briefly. They use this reharmonization in the actual final arrangement. They give you a little information how they did it. If you are more interested in reharmonization, I love reharmonization. I think it's really fun and it can really add a lot of flavor to your arrangements. So check out my book, Arranging for Fingerstyle Guitar. I go into great detail on how to reharmonize. The final arrangement of Silent Night is this pretty version here. I won't keep going, but. It's a, it's a nice arrangement. It's very usable if you had a Christmas gig or wanted to play for the family. After Silent Night, they give you several full arrangements of tunes. And they have Yesterday from the Beatles, which is a great tune and it's a nice arrangement. It's a little difficult at times, so I'll play it for you. Right here. That's not so bad.
It has the full song. Then there's Georgia On My Mind, which is a great tune. It's got some cool walking bass lines, good intermediate tune. turn. There's some bad page turns in this book. Um, there's My Favorite Things from The Sound of Music. Oh, and then there's Imagine from The Beatles, another great tune. And finally, there's Blown in the Wind. This is a great, easy Travis picking tune. Chapter 5 discusses using a capo, so I've got mine here. The capo is a really useful tool, and I'm glad they included this chapter. They discuss using a capo to avoid the use of bar chords, to adjust the key of a song to fit a vocal range, and also to access some unplayable voicings. So it's really, really useful if you do have a song that's in something like the key of B-flat, like they present in the book. They've got this B-flat. E flat, G minor. It's hard to make those chord transitions, so if you use a capo, you can place the capo on the third fret. When you play your G shape, you're now playing a B flat. This is really useful information. What I don't like is that they don't actually discuss why they chose to put the capo on the third fret or how they transpose the chords. Uh, I would have liked to have seen some more information on how they did that. Obviously, using a capo to adjust the key if you're singing, playing with somebody who's singing is really useful. Then they give you some actual tunes that utilize capos, like Fire and Rain from James Taylor, also a capo three, uh, third fret. Chapter 6 gets into the incredibly important topic of alternate tunings. Alternate tunings are very powerful when you're playing fingerstyle guitar. When I was learning, I kind of avoided them for a while, maybe because I was using this book. I don't actually really like the way they present the information here. Alternate tunings allow you access to the melody in different ways on different strings. They can allow you access to different bass notes, especially open string bass notes. Um, it also allows you access to different open strings for inner harmonies or melodies or when you're playing cross-string harp style melodies. In the book, they discuss open G tuning and drop D tuning. With open G, they just give you a couple chord progressions, a couple cool examples. They throw a bunch of chord charts at you. I don't think it's a really great way to actually learn how to utilize this open tuning. With drop D, they do a little bit better job. I like they discuss how when you're in drop D, you drop your sixth string a whole step down. So you can tune it with your fourth string. So they talk about uh, you can Travis pick, you can use an alternate thumb bass line playing D, 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 and you can play melodies over the top. So before I played this melody, it was. Um, Now you can use an alternate bass line. 
creates a more interesting baseline. Obviously with open D, when you have normal, when you're in standard tuning, you can grab your open D as your lowest root note, or you can grab an F sharp in the bass. Um, obviously in drop D that would be here, but with drop D tuning, obviously you get this low root note, so you can get a really thick sounding D chord. There are lots of benefits to drop D, so I hope you'll look into it further. Chapter 7 is Arranging for Solo Guitar Part 2. This is a good chapter. This is a continuation of Chapter 4, where they arranged Silent Night. In this chapter, the main tune they arrange is Come Together from the Beatles. This is a really cool arrangement. They do give you some information on how they created the arrangement. It's not as nearly as detailed as how they did Silent Night, though. So first, let's get into double drop D tuning. So I'm already in drop D. Now we're going to drop the first string to D as well. So first they suggest using a thumb pick, and they present a boogie-woogie pattern. And we're going to play the melody on top of that. We have a little information about string stopping, and then they present the, the arrangement to you. So I definitely wish they had broken this down further, but ultimately it is a good arrangement, so I'll play for you. Okay, here's Come Together from the Beatles. fun arrangement. Took a few liberties there and I shortened it for the video. I just wish that they had explained their arranging process in a bit more depth. Let's tune back to standard tuning. So next the book presents Tears in Heaven from Eric Clapton. They arrange this in open G tuning and with the capo on the second fret. This is a pretty difficult arrangement. Definitely not beginner-friendly. They discuss counter-melodies, octave transference, so you know maybe moving the melody up an octave or down an octave to create some new interest, since we don't have lyrics in fingerstyle guitar to make each verse different. We have to create some variations. Um, after Tears in Heaven, they present What a Wonderful World. They talk about mixing open and fretted notes, cross-string or harp style, just a little bit. They get into some alternate voices or harmony. But yeah, so this is a pretty arrangement, but it is hard. It contains a lot of bar chords. Not very beginner friendly. Finally, chapter eight presents four solo fingerstyle songs. These vary widely in their difficulty. The first track is called Last Track by Adrian Legg. This is a really nice tune to add to your repertoire. Even if you're a beginner, it'll be a little bit of a project, but if you're an intermediate or an advanced player, this is a really pretty tune and you could probably add it into your repertoire fairly easily. I'll go ahead and play through part of this for you. 
page turn. I love this part. song but that's a nice little excerpt for you. After that they have Jack Fig from Leo Kotke which is fairly difficult and very long. The third arrangement is Song for George from the great Eric Johnson. Most people know him for his incredible lead guitar, electric guitar playing. However he was a great fingerstyle guitarist too. Song for George is a really cool tune with this bluesy Mixolydian sound to it. It is fairly difficult. It's definitely a project. And finally, the book presents Angie by Davy Graham, the great British folk revival guitarist. This arrangement is more like the Paul Simon version. It's a nice arrangement. It's not the most difficult of the last few arrangements, but it is not super beginner friendly. Okay, so that's it for Fingerstyle Guitar from Hal Leonard. There's a lot in this book, some really great arrangements. You could buy the book just for the arrangements. If you are a beginner player looking to get into fingerstyle guitar, this isn't the first book that I would recommend, as I mentioned in the introduction. However, if you're getting a bunch of books, if you're going through books every few months or even a book a year, eventually you may get to this one. There's definitely something to learn. I love chapter four, where they arranged Silent Night. I really wish that in the alternate tunings chapter, they had arranged Silent Night to show you how to really use those open tunings and how to arrange in those tunings. And it also would have made the book feel more cohesive. Often throughout the book they give you a concept and then they throw a bunch of disconnected examples at you. To me the book just didn't feel that cohesive from chapter to chapter. But regardless, if you're interested in fingerstyle guitar from Hal Leonard, check it out. If you have enjoyed this video and learned something, and you're interested in getting better at fingerstyle guitar, I hope you'll consider supporting me and checking out my book, Arranging for Fingerstyle Guitar. What makes this book unique is that I show you how to arrange one melody hundreds of different ways, in lots of different styles, all within the umbrella of fingerstyle guitar. I show you how to take the melody and add in a simple bass line, inner harmony, how to use a Travis alternate thumb bass line, how to use arpeggiation, then other things like natural harmonics and harmonizing with thirds and sixths and tenths, how to transpose to different keys, when and why you would want to do that, how to utilize different alternate tunings, how to use rhythmic independent bass lines underneath the melody, and finally I go into great depth showing you how to reharmonize the melody using just triads or seventh chords. To me, this is one of the most fun areas to explore. I love reharmonization, so if you're interested, check it out. You can click on the link here or in the show notes. Also, if you haven't heard my music, I released my second fingerstyle guitar album in June of 2022. I hope you'll check it out. It's on all streaming services and YouTube. So thank you very much.